Arise, shine, your light has come. Light up Latrobe on 103.9 Life FM, Gippsland. Light Up Latrobe is a Christian program that is set to connect you uh, with the Word of God from the world you live in. That is, connecting both the world you live in and the Word of God together. We thank God for what God has done in our lives through this program. We thank God for the lives that the Lord has touched uh, in the past and what God is still going to use this episode to do in the life of people. You are listening tonight uh, or this day or whatever hour you are listening from, you are listening to Augustine Arogun. Augustine Arogun is the pastor of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Abundant Life Parish in Moe, here in Australia. And tonight, we have a wonderful daughter of the Almighty God. You know, I normally say we are all children of the Most High God. But this is a wonderful daughter of God and who will be with us on the program. And don't forget that we are going through a series that is What You Refuse to Fix We Fix You in the first episode of it, how Moses was unable to fix anger in his life. And last week, uh, we look at other things, and today, we will be looking at very, very important things that we need to pay attention to in our lives. And don't forget, if you are tuning in, you are tuning in from 103.9 Live FM Gippsland. And it's a Christian channel as well. And we believe that every time, message of hope, message that will lighten you up, will be ministered to you. Without wasting our time, I will be calling our guest speaker in. Guess what? Our guest speaker is from the Redeemed Christian Church of God in Canada. And God has ordained it that she will be blessing us. Uh, with the word of God, uh, this very moment. So I will be calling our pastor, Pastor Mrs. But maybe I leave the introduction for you to just mention your name to the audience and tell us about the Church of God in Canada and um, a little bit of yourself before we continue. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much, Pastor Gustin, for having me. I consider it such an honor to be part of the program whenever time you're listening to it. And let me welcome everyone to, to this channel. Um, as requested by the grace of God, my name is Pastor Yemisi Aladesua. And I am from the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Jesus House, Scarborough. So Scarborough there refers to the city that is located in the east end of Toronto in Ontario, Canada. And by the grace of God, my husband and I, we have co-labored in this parish for close to 17 years, even over 17 years now, since 2006. 
And, you know, um, my husband is the lead pastor. You know, I support him in ministry, co-laboring with him. And specifically, I lead the women ministry and the marriage counseling ministry at the church. And, um, you know, I'm very passionate in seeing women being empowered in fulfilling their divine purpose and assignment. Uh, in my leisure time, I love to pray and I love to read, read. You know, I just love reading. And I'm very zealous and committed to helping others fulfill purpose and destiny. Uh, professionally, I'm not me. I'm not into full-time ministry. So I have my career. So professionally, I work as I'm a licensed real estate professional in the Greater Toronto area or in Ontario province as well. And I'm also a real estate investor. By the grace of God, I'm happily married to Pastor Phillips Aladesua, and we're proud parents of three adult children and one son-in-law. You know, so thank you very much for having me. Ah, thank you. That was a wonderful introduction. And uh, we're trusting God that um, you will feed us with those powerful words from Canada and all our listeners will be blessed on this. Guess what? Uh, we are going to look at a wonderful topic today and it's still going to be the part three of the episode that says what you refuse to fix will fix you. Like I mentioned, we have looked at um, anger as a weakness. We've looked last week, we looked at adultery and we dealt with it in a wonderful way and I trust God that uh, all those that are listening to those messages uh, they will have something to correct in their lives. And today, we are looking at under that subheading, what uh, you refuse to fix will fix you. We are looking at, dis at disobedience today. Disobedience. And uh, we are trusting God that God will help us and that Holy Spirit will do justice to this himself. So we will be calling in our guest speaker, Pastor Mrs. Yemi C. Aladesua. For Aussies, if you can say Pastor Yemi, that would be... That is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's good enough. <laughs> that would be our Aussie way of, uh, of calling yeah. it. Thank you. Hope you don't mind when you go back to Canada. It's not that we're giving you another name, but we are just fond of using such slang with names here in Australia. Hallelujah. And you know what? Even in Toronto, once I'm outside the Nigerian community, they call me Yemi. Ah, okay. Just to shorten it and make it easy <laughs> and sweet. So Yemi is perfect. All right. Thank you. All right. Let's go to the program per se. We are looking at disobedience uh, today. And from your experience in ministry, what can you say about disobedience? <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah. Uh, maybe before we look into exposing what disobedience is, I thought we we're going to get started by defining what disobedience is. Hmm. And the dictionary simply defines disobedience as a failure or refusal to obey rules of someone in authority. Ultimately, it is going against what God has commanded in his word and disobeying how he wants us to live. Disobedience can be regarded as rebellion against God or simply just not trusting him. That's the underlying issue, you know, enough to just believe and to just act according to whatever he's instructed us to do. So how did we get here when we're looking at the subject of disobedience, we have to go to the foundation of disobedience. And I want to mention here that disobedience came to us as part of the Adamic nature of sin. We inherited it. The first man disobeyed and passed on this nature, gave us this DNA, this genetic composition of disobedience. What do I mean? If you go back in the scriptures in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, the Bible says that when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree, which God, time we fail us to read the entire passage, you know, God has instructed them. This is what, you know, before they were even made, the garden was ready. And he gave very clear instruction. This is what you can eat. This other one, please don't eat it. 
But in this verse of scripture, in Genesis 3 verse 6, the Bible records that when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, can you see all the enticement? What happened? She took and ate some of it. She didn't stop there. She also gave some to her husband who was with her. And he ate it. I know many at times we blame the, you know, the female gender. Oh, she did it. But the Bible is very clear. The man was right there. If the man didn't agree, he would have said something and said, hey, come on, what are you up to? But we are not here to play the gender game here. Mm-hmm. The fact remains that man, you know, male, female, they disobeyed divine instruction. And as a result of that, by the time we got to verse 7, Bible says the eyes of both of them were opened. And they realized, oh my God, we're naked. And so they saw fig leaves and you know, and end the story. So we carry the DNA of disobedience because our first parents disobeyed. And due to their disobedience, you know, it didn't just go down well. God didn't just say, oh, you just did something, all right. No, that wasn't the case. They actually got driven out of Eden and, you know, the curses came on them and all of that. And let me just stop here before we start even blame to say, oh, it's Adam and Eve, you know, that did this, that caused this. No, it's, it's not just about Adam and Eve. You find that when a newborn, a child is newly born, no matter how wicked the parent is, you only find a parent that will sit down and tutor the child to do evil. You, I, I'm, I'm yet to find one. Maybe the, the parent is, I don't know, what's seen out there. And the parent will say, okay, you know, you, you are a hardened sinner. I want to groom you to become, it doesn't work that way. You know, you have that child, you nurture him all of a sudden. The day your child, your little baby will tell the first lie. You will like almost pain and say, how did you learn it? You know, it's because that is the inherent nature that we were made that we, we know we were formed with. And the Bible says in Romans 5 19, it says, For as, as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. But it didn't stop there. It says, So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So for which sin's sake, this wrath of, of God, you know, comes on the children of disobedience. That's in Colossians 3 16. You know, so Disobedience, you know, came, like I mentioned, right from the very get-go, you know. But that's not saying that it's, you know, it's just excuse it and say, well, that's what it is. No, that's not what it is. Because the soul that sins, the Bible says in, in Romans 6.23, but the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So we're not to excuse it. You know, we really have to take it seriously because the opposite of disobedience, of course, is obedience. And a simple way to define obedience is holiness. You know, holiness equals obedience. Once you obey every instruction of the word of God, then you automatically, you're going to become holy. And you and I know that God is holy and he has commanded us to work in holiness. And I tell you, it is possible. Because every provision that we need as man to live a holy and righteous life, God has made provision for it. He will never ask us to do something that is beyond our ability. Okay? But before we get into the, the, the side of you know, us understanding um, the provision for us to overcome and work in obedience, I want to mention here that so we don't just excuse it and say, well, it's the nature of sin and, you know, it's okay because everybody is doing it. No, no, no. In scriptures, right in the Old Testament and New Testament, several examples of people that disobeyed, but guess what? They also got punished. Hmm. And that is why we really have to look at this topic and pay attention, be intentional in our work to ensure that we are working in holiness. Let me give us some very quick examples and scriptures of individuals that disobeyed and they got punishment that you and I, we don't want to go in that path. You know, they molded who we don't, would rather not be. A good example that came to mind was King Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 4. We know this, you know, very reputable, 
you know, king of the time. But what happened? It disobeyed. And as a result, it was literally reduced to an animal. Again, I'm not here to scare anybody. But I'm just letting us know that the wages of sin, you know, is, is, it, it can be very huge. And that's why we have to pay attention. Look at Cain, for instance. Cain was the first murderer in the scripture. The Bible was very clear, you know, thou shalt not kill the, the Ten Commandments. But out of jealousy, out of anger, you know, Cain killed the brother Abel. And of course, as a result, he ended up becoming a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. How about Lot's wife? Remember the story of Lot's wife? When they were going to be rescued? The instruction was clear. Just pack everything. Don't look back. But again, the nature of sin, she looked back. And she ended up turning into a pillar of salt. So these are examples to tell us that Working in disobedience is not what you and I want to toil with. You know, we want to make sure that we avail ourselves of the provision in Calvary, okay, of what God has done as the way out, you know, for us to be able to overcome and live victoriously beyond and above this nature of sin. Otherwise, if it's not doable, God wouldn't have instructed us to do it. He's never a taskmaster. He's the God of love. He's a merciful God. And he has called us into a place of righteousness. And through the provision of Calvary, he's made it easy and achievable for each and every one of us. So I'm going to stop there so that, you know, I don't just uh, keep on going. So, um Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you, uh, Pastor, Pastor, Mrs. Yemi uh, Ladisura. Uh, we thank God for the way you have helped us to uh, start up uh, the understanding of disobedience. So, in uh, part of what you have said, you have tried to take us to the foundation of disobedience in the Bible uh, from human perspectives of it. Of course, we know that Satan actually disobeyed God as well. And in the ministry, and I'm sure you would have seen much uh, in the ministry, how people operate uh, in disobedience to the voice of God or to the authority. Uh, is there anything you can say in that light before we go into the next question? Thank you very much, sir. So disobedience to authority and of course to, to God is a common denominator. Again, because of the Adamic nature that we have all inherited. However, when we come to Jesus, when he sought us and found us, and we embrace him, okay, by surrendering our lives to him and accept him as, a, as, as our Lord and Savior, then we are under a new rulership. And what that should do for us is to make us to tap into the grace. The Bible says if disobedience comes through one, then obedience also can come through one. That's Romans 5, 5, 5, 19. So Jesus was our perfect example. And when it comes to spiritual authority, you know, um, I want to remind us in Romans 13, 1, the Bible tells us that everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. There are different layers of authority, right from the family to even the local church, even to the community, to the state, to the nation. There are multiple levels of authority. And again, because of the damning nature, sometimes it's, and I find some of these also cut across maybe personality types, there's some personalities that, you know, I, I think it's a lot easier for them to just walk in, in submission, like the Bible has told us. Oh, the pastor or the local church says we should do this. They'll just do it. But it, not everybody is wired that way. Hmm. And that is why you and I, we need to depend upon the grace of God. So when that nature of sin wants to rear his head, to say, oh, what has he just said? You know, the one question I will personally ask myself is who has the accountability? in this matter. Who is, who, who will be held accountable? Who will be held responsible? 
If it's not me, then I need to default to that individual that is in charge. All right? So, and some of these, the only place where we are allowed to disobey authority is if the authority, because every authority must be subjected to the authority of God. So if that authority, whether at the home front, for instance, or even in the workplace, or even in the local church, you know, your pastor, your head of ministry wants you to do something that is expressly contrary to the principles of the word of God. You have the permission in that instance to say, uh-uh, I'm going to only obey God. Mm. But if it's not about that, if it's about processes, if it's about policies and procedures, in this church, we meet at 8 a.m., all right? That's, that's who they are. That's the time they have chosen. You cannot be private to know the why behind it. But is 8 a.m., is that too much to ask for? Absolutely not. So for me as a follower or a worshiper in that setting, I shouldn't have a reason, you know, to, to disobey that. Of course, if I have a different opinion, maybe my pastor is the one that just made that announcement or something, it doesn't hurt for me to walk up to my sister. Um, you just mentioned this. Maybe you can even ask clarification and say, ah, do I, do you, you know, depending on the relationship and your role in that setting, you know, so seek clarification and where it becomes clear that this is what the authority or the leader would rather do. The honors is on me to, to obey. And the Bible tells us that to obey is better than sacrifice. So, and you know, God will grant us the grace. We can do it. We can do it. Because disobedience is as weighty as a sin of, of rebellion, as a sin of witchcraft, according to the scripture. So we don't want to get caught, you know, living and, and, and being so... And, you know, for me, authority provides covering. Okay? I know for us women, sometimes when we hear submission, oh my God, we shut our ears up. No. Don't see submission as something that will, that will take something out of you. It actually provides you with a covering, you know, because with authority comes accountability and responsibility over you. So if God says my husband is my head, for instance, is there to provide me cover, is there to, you know, to as somebody I can I can I can I can look up to for guidance, for clearance. That doesn't mean I don't have my brain and I can't bring suggestions to the table. You know, but when that happens, the 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 expectation is for me to, you know, to just work in obedience by saying, you know, bring your options up. But if as the leader, the leader insists and says, This is what I wanted to do, or go, the best I can do in that scenario is to commit to God in prayers and work together with him. And ultimately, because God sees my heart that I'm out there, you know, to work in obedience, it's going to make it to all work out well for our good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Thank you so much for such a detailed, eye-opening uh, message to us in that regard. Uh, but one more question before we let you go uh, on this issue of disobedience to you. But when we look at the way it's operating uh, and the way it's taking ground in some instances, do you think we can actually win the world for Christ if believers that are supposed to know better are living or continue to be disobedient? Uh, thank you very much, sir. That's a very, very relevant question. Because how can we give what we do not have? Hmm. The message of the gospel is about reconciling. Remember the Adamic nature that I emphasized at the start of this conversation. And so, at salvation, the blood of Jesus washes us from all sins. And when we believe him, Bible says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes will not perish, but have eternal life. So that's what happens when we embrace the message of salvation. And if I have been saved, and I'm working, I'm, you know, I'm working on day-to-day basis in alignment with the principles of the word of God, then I've become more and more yielded to the person and to the image of Christ. All right? That's the only way that I have something different to offer somebody that is still out there in sin. 
But if I'm not working in obedience, hey, you can't give what you do not have. You cannot. You know, and I'm, I'm sure we all appreciate how there is joy in heaven over a sinner that repents. So for us as believers, not only for the sake of just me, in order for me to be able to light up my world and bring others to the place of repentance and to be an example, you know, and to be a light in my world, then I need to make obedience my watchword. In Hebrews 12, 14, what does the Bible tell us? It says, make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Remember how I defined holiness as obedience, all right? And the Bible says, with that holiness, no one will see the Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that all of us that are professing Christ will be truly see the Lord. But the sure way is for us to be very intentional, you know, in our work with him, in working in obedience. And it is doable, okay? Don't don't let this scare you. It can be done. Why? Because the grace of God, the grace of God has been made available. Through the obedience of Jesus, you and I will have been made righteous. And we can stand upon that finished work of Calvary, you know, and say, ah, God... Jesus, you pay the price. You already, you pay the price. So I can stand, you know, as, as, as a believer in the place of righteousness that the blood of Jesus has purchased for me. And that's the only way, you know, when I've experienced and enjoyed that provision, that I can go out there to rescue other people. Second Corinthians 5.17 tells us, the devil, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things, the nature of sin, they are passed away. Say, behold, all things have become new. So, for me to win others to Christ, I need to walk in obedience. So that way, the newness of life can be the attraction for the lost world out there. And the Lord will grant us the grace to be able to achieve this in Jesus' name. Again, please, you don't want to doing this in the energy of the flesh. But the, the harm of flesh will fail us. Mm. But by his grace, by his, his grace, but in the spirit, it can be done. Amen. And the Lord will strengthen and enable each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, man. One more thing before we let you go is what will be your advice to individual and the body of Christ in general uh, regarding the issue of disobedience? What, what would you advise us? And so what the last advice or the key advice I want to share here is for us to key into the provision. The provision in the person of Jesus. Jesus paid the price. He shed his blood on Calvary. This blood and wash our sins as white as snow. And through Calvary, we have received eternal life. Romans 6.23, it says the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. For the wages of sin is death. Free gift is eternal. We already have this eternal life. As soon as we embrace the provision of Jesus, through his finished work on Calvary. So, for you and I, please, let's walk in this consciousness. Let us be deliberate and be intentional. You know, let us walk with this understanding. By faith, we have been saved. So, I just release my faith. I said, Jesus paid the price. I've been made the righteousness of God through him. I am righteous. I'm in right standing with him. Not because of my quote and unquote, the fact that I didn't, you know, I didn't, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not, I didn't lie yesterday or I didn't do this. No, this is not to put us in bondage, but actually is to liberate us. So I know that Jesus paid the price and by faith, I'm standing in the place of righteousness in him. And so if, if by any means, the Holy Spirit pricks my heart that, hey, what you did there is below the mark. I'll be very quick to repent and say, God, oh, I'm so sorry. Please let your mercy avail. You know, you you know, living in I mean, sinning becomes an error. It becomes 
a mistake. It's not my default mode anymore. All right? So anytime I, I sin and the Holy Spirit brings it a conviction to my spirit, I have that restlessness. Immediately, I'll make it good. I just humble myself before and say, God, I'm sorry. You know, please have mercy on me. And depending on the nature of sin, if it's against my husband, against my children, against whoever, you know, I should be humble enough to say, I am sorry. And once you've done that, then I don't need to walk around under the weight of that sin anymore. You know, God has forgiven me. I need to forgive myself. And by faith, I need to accept that provision. So Jesus remains the answer. And I tell you, in him, we have been made righteous. And we can stand in that place as we continue sojourning in our Christianity here on earth. Thank you very much, Pastor Mrs. Yemi. Uh, for short, let me just stop there. Uh, now we, we, uh, we thank God for your life and the word of God that, uh, you have fed us with, uh, and with the understanding the word brings to us to light, to, to lighten our understanding. And I, I trust God that everyone listening to these, uh, particular episode of Light Up Latrobe, we draw strength by the grace of God uh, from the advice that has been given. That is to say, uh, the provision that God has made available for us, we should draw strength from that. What more could be said than that? Thank you. That was just spot on. Uh, If you are listening to this program or you are just tuning in, you've just tuned in to Light Up Latrobe. A Light Up Latrobe program is a Christian program that is set to connect you uh, from the Word of God to the world that you live in. And you are listening from 103.9 Life FM Gippsland. And may the Lord bless you as you stay tuned in listening. I want to thank our guest speaker for taking the time to honor the invitation to feed us with the Word today. We are not taking this for granted. May the Lord prosper you. May the Lord bless you. And may the Lord be with the ministry he has committed into your hands and the hands of uh, your husband as well in Canada. Wow. All the way from Canada to bless us in this part of the world, from one end to the other end of the world. Thank you for bringing the gospel down to us. And may the Lord bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, Mm -hmm. I just pray for your daughter, Lord, Mm -hmm. that you will Continue to fill her with your word in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you. We thank God for this wonderful opportunity. Is there one or two words you want to say to the listener before we allow you to go? Uh, Thank you very much, sir. Please be reminded that by faith we have been saved. By faith we have been saved. So please let us hold on to, you know, the compassion of our faith. And we all make it till the very end in the name of Jesus. And please, let's be walking the awareness that God is depending on us to bring others, our family members, our colleagues, our even strangers, our neighbors, to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus. You know, and as we do that, the Lord in his mercy will give us such bountiful harvest of souls so that we can depopulate the kingdom of darkness while we populate the kingdom of heaven. And as we do so, you know, our stars in heaven is going to be amazing. And you and I will not lose out on that in Jesus' name. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate the opportunity. And the Lord continues to keep us all in Jesus' name. Thank you. Amen. Don't miss out. Listen to Light Up Latrobe, a weekly program that connects you from the world to the word. Welcome back to Light Up Latrobe program. Light Up Latro program is a program that is set to connect you with the Word of God from the world that you live in. We thank God for the uh, guest minister that has given us brief uh, understanding of disobedience and uh, charged us with uh, what we should 
are embraced. That is, we should embrace Jesus Christ if we want the grace to continue to live in obedience because our our strength and might will not or could not help us in such a way. Uh, thank God for everything. And if you are tuning in, you just tune in to 103.9 Life FM, Gippsland. You are listening to Augustine Arugu. And uh, we want to go to the message uh, per se. Uh, don't forget that in the past three weeks, we've been looking at what you refused to fix. We fix you. We looked at anger as a weakness in the life of Moses in the first week. The second week, we look at the issue of adultery, and we use uh, Jacob uh, firstborn as an example. And today, we're looking at disobedience. You know, if you are the type that normally disobey, you need to fix this in your life before it becomes a problem to you. Hallelujah. And today, in doing justice to this uh, topic of today, uh, subtopic rather, uh, disobedience, we want to look at this particular case in the Bible. Hallelujah. And I am trusting God that this uh, is going to strike a chord in us that will let us sit tight, arrange things well, and obey every instruction of the Lord. Let us look at this uh, Bible passage, First Samuel chapter 15, from 1 to 9. I will want to look at the issue of disobedience uh, here. Don't forget what you refuse to fix will fix you. If you are the type that normally uh, go into disobedience, learn from this. 1 Samuel 15, 1-9 says, Then Samuel said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you as king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore, listen to the words of the Lord. This is what the Lord of armies says. I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, in that he obstructed him on the way while he was coming up from Egypt. Now go and strike Amalek and completely destroy everything that he has. And do not spare him, but put to death both man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. Then Samuel summoned the people and counted them in Telam, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to the city of Amalek and set an ambush in the wadi. But Saul said to the Canaanites, Go, get away. Go down from among the Amalekites so that I do not destroy you along with them, for you showed kindness to all the sons of Israel when they went up from Egypt. So the Canaanites got away from among the Amalekites. Then Saul defeated the Amalekites from Havila, going toward Shur, which is east of Egypt. He captured Agag, the king of the Amalekites alive and completely destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people speared Agag and the birds of the sheep, the oxen, the more valuable animals, the lamb, and everything that was good and were unwilling to destroy them completely. But everything despicable and weak that they completely destroyed. And you will see from this Bible passage the clear instruction that God gave to King Saul, how the Lord 
reminded him that he was the one who anointed him a king. And he was the one who made him, who made him a king over the Israelites. And the Lord needs to bring that one to his, uh, his remembrance so that he will know that this instruction that God was passing is not just an instruction, but a, a, an instruction that God really can't on. And he told King Saul what uh, is expected to be done with Amalekites. But uh, if you look at this scripture, if you look at from verse 8, or if you read verses 8 and 9, look at how uh, the issue of Agag unfolded there. The Bible says he captured Aga, the king of the Amalekites, alive. That's number one. And completely destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people speared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the more valuable animals, the lambs, and everything that was good and were willing to destroy them completely. But everything despicable and weak, that they completely destroyed. Now, if you look at the excuse of uh, King Saul, he was trying to say, if he was afraid of the people that he went to war with. But look at here, it wasn't only King Agag that he speared. Sheep he speared, oxen he speared, and some valuable animals, if you understand what that means. The lambs and Everything that was good, maybe, I'm paraphrasing, there was gold that glitters as they approached the city, Saul picked it. And look at in the category of everything that was good, what those things would have been, and why God was so particular about Saul here. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel after all these things. If you look from verse 10 of that scripture, and the Lord said, I regret that I have made Saul king because he has turned back from following me and has not carried out my commands. And Samuel was furious and cried out to the Lord all night. Samuel got up early in the morning to meet Saul. And it was reported to Samuel saying, Saul came to Carmel and behold, he set up a monument for himself, then turned and proceeded on down to Gilgal. So Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have carried out the command of the Lord. We see line number one there. But Samuel said, What then is this bleating of the sheep in my ears, and the, the bellowing of the oxen which I hear? Saul said, Oh, they have brought them from the Amalekites. For the people speared the best of the sheep and oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But the rest we have completely destroyed. Line number two there. Look at what Saul said they captured. Just the best of sheep, the best of oxen to sacrifice to the Lord. I bought the best of everything. But the rest we have completely destroyed. Then Samuel said to Saul, stop. And let me inform you of what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, Speak. So Samuel said, Is it not true, though you were insignificant in your own eyes, that you became the head of the tribes of Israel? For the Lord anointed you as king over Israel, and the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are eliminated. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord instead? You loudly rushed upon the spoils and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Then Saul said to Samuel, I did obey the voice of the Lord, line number three, <laughs> for I went on on the mission on which the Lord sent me, and I have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have completely destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took some of the spoils, sheep and oxen, the choices of the things designated for destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord 
your God at Gilgal, Samuel said. Does the Lord have as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than a sacrifice, and to pay attention is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as reprehensible as the sin of divination, and insubordination is as reprehensible as false religion and idolatry. Since you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Now, look at all these things. Look at the disobedience of King Saul. Look at how he played out. Look at how he lost the, the divine connection. And the, the, the connection he, not, he has been enjoying from the Lord. Look at how disobedience made him to lose that. Beloved, you may be listening to this message. And you always disobey the voice of the Lord. It is dangerous. It is not what you should continue with. Has God been giving you instruction? And you have been disobeying? Has God been calling you to a particular thing, to a particular mission? And you have been disobeying? Has God been impressing particular thing in your heart? And you have been disobeying? Today, change. I say, brother, change from today. Because it could be dangerous. Look at what happened to King Saul. When God said, destroy all, he kept some. Half obedience is a total disobedience. So disobedience is not what children of God should be toiling with. If you are there and you've been disobeying the constituted authority or your church leadership authority, please stop. It doesn't do your destiny a favor. Change from today. Start obeying. And it does, it's not hard to obey. It's only the pride inside of us at times that is affecting us. That is why we are finding it difficult to obey. So when God gives you instructions, those instructions are good uh, to, to make you fulfill purpose in life. I will share a live experience before uh, we conclude this matter. Don't forget, what you refuse to fix will fix you. Many years back, I did uh, my year 12 exams and I've shared this on many platforms in another radio station. So I am not afraid of sharing what will bring glory to the name of the Lord. In my secondary school exams, uh, I cheated in my result, and I have this wonderful result. And I gained admission into university with it, but because of one thing or the other, I could not finish my studies. I traveled out, and I had this result with me. And God called me to, to surrender uh, my life to him as personal Lord and Savior, which I gladly did. And God started walking through things in my life. There was this particular day I was, uh, I was waiting on the Lord. And in the evening, I listened to a message totally different from what followed after. And I, after the, after the message, I just want to go and pray so that I can break the fasting of that day in the evening. And as I knelt down to pray, I heard the voice clearly in my ears. That's your result. You will not glorify me with it. And immediately I knew what God was talking about. Ah, and that was the only result left with me. And that immediately I went to where I kept the, re the result, both the original and the photocopies, everything relating to the result. I destroyed them into irredeemable, irredeemable pieces. And I went to the toilet, I flushed the result. Don't forget, I'm in abroad. I don't have any other result. And I cried, I wept bitterly. And the question that kept coming was, where will I start from? 
But I have to obey the voice of God. Thank God I obey the voice. And not too long. God gave me a job in Hong Kong then. Where I was earning $150 per hour. Even after obeying God without the result. Because my fear after I have obeyed God is that, oh, where will I start? I can't go back to secondary school. I can't go back. Oh, everything. Devil was trying to disturb me. But thank God I obeyed the voice of God. You know what? After I wanted to leave Hong Kong for Australia, I started praying to God, God, well, I'm going to Australia. What do you want me to do? Ah, he said, well, a bookkeeping which I did not fully understand. That's not where I'm going. But where I am going now was that I came in without result because God told me, instructed me to destroy the result in my hands because of the error of the past. I destroyed it. And when I landed in Australia, I started afresh. I did my uh, certificate four in IT. I think that was where I started. Certificate two. Uh, no, it was certificate two, not certificate four. And I registered for diploma that of what God said I should do. And I supposed to do the diploma two years, eight months. I have finished it. And by and by, God made sure that the year that I have lost. For the years that uh, the strike and everything has taken away from me, God gave me double honor instead of shame. Before you knew it, I became I did my I became a master holder, and within shortest period, God just made everything happen. And if I had not obeyed God, if I had not destroyed the certificate, He said I should destroy that I will not glorify His name with. I was a science student then, and I never knew that God called me to accounting field. And I just thank God that I obeyed him. The question now is, is there anything in particular that God wants you to do? Is there any instruction that God is giving you to do that you are disobeying? Is there any restitution that God has ministered to you to go and do, and you are not doing it? You are disobeying. When you obey God, you move God to walk on your behalf. Oh, yes. If you disobey God, you are only looking for trouble because we are God wants to help you. He may not help you because you are not doing what he tells you to do. So the sin of disobedience is not a small sin. It is something that heaven does not like. Look at Satan. When Satan was disobeying God in every way he wanted to take over, he was sent out of heaven. He sent out packing. Adam and Eve that uh, our guest speaker mentioned, they were sent out of Garden of Eden. Don't let God send you out of this comfortable zone. He has placed you now with your disobedience. Please, turn away from disobeying the voice of the Lord. Whatever God tells you to do, do it. Are you a pastor that God is telling you to do particular thing concerning some of your members, but because they are your big titles, they are the people that give fat offering. You you are you are afraid of them uh, more than even the instruction of God or the God that has led them to you in the first instance. Is God telling you to do certain things in your family and you are not doing it? Has God been telling you to minister to someone and you have been failing in ministering to such person? All these things are disobedience. Oh, I pray that you make a change even today. May the Lord bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. Look at what happened to King Saul. He lost his throne because of disobedience. May you not lose your throne. May you not lose your life because of uh, disobedience in the mighty name of Jesus. I am not sure. Maybe this word strike a chord in you today. I invite you to the saving grace of the almighty God. I invite you to come and surrender all to Jesus Christ. Yes, you may be a sinner, 
Uh, yes, God died for you, even when you were yet a sinner. But he wants to save you as he saved me. He wants to deliver you as he delivered me. Because if I had not obeyed him, by destroying that result, I will not be where I am today. So also, if God can do it for me, God can do it for you. What is it that God is telling you to do that you are finding difficult to do? I pray that you receive grace to do exactly what God wants you to do. I pray that you receive faith to do what exactly God wants you to do. Don't forget, if you refuse to fix the issue of disobedience in your life, disobedience will fix you. As disobedience fixed Saul and took him out of even the relevance. But yes, Lord, I pray for you that you will make that courage, you will make that boldness, rather. You will go in that strength to do what exactly what God is telling you to do. As God asks you to go to a particular city to go and evangelize, and you are looking at faces, looking at the laws of the land. He that has sent you a message is good enough to protect you. I pray that God will help you in Jesus' name and help me myself. Are you listening to this message? And you have not at any time surrendered your life to Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I just encourage you right now that you do so. I'm inviting you to the saving grace of the Lord Most High. Please come uh, and surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Wherever you are, if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, please say after me, Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for speaking to me. Thank you for sending your word to me. I am sorry for all my sins. I am sorry for everything that I've done wrong in the past. And I accept your word today. And I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. Please God, come into my heart. Fill me. And let me continue my journey with you. Let me reign with you. Save my soul. Have mercy on me. Forgive me all my sins. And write my name in the book of life. And don't let me go astray from you again. Let me make it to heaven in the end. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Uh, if you have repeated that prayer after me, please look for a Bible-believing church where you can be nurtured uh, further with the Word of God. If this Word has touched you or any of the episode of Light Up Latrobe has touched you, please, you can contact us via our email, light at lightupaustralia.com. If you have no place of worship, and you are living around Maui or 20 minutes drive from Maui, you can join us at the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Abundant Life Parish in Maui. Our address is number 6, George Street, Maui, in Victoria, Australia. You will definitely be fed with more of the undiluted Word of God. You are listening to this program from 103.9 Life FM, Gippsland. God bless you and may the Lord keep you to the end and may you make it to heaven. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Don't miss out. Listen to Light Up Latrobe, a weekly program that connects you from the world to the word. Light up.